You're listening to the Practically Pastoring Podcast, where we want to help pastors and church leaders share ideas, become better shepherds and leaders, and have a good time with friends. Welcome back to the Practically Pastoring Podcast. My name is Frank, and I am glad that you are here. I'm with all my buddies from across the country. Up in Baltimore, Maryland, we got Jeffrey Simpson. Hey, friends. Down in Sumter, South Carolina, we got Damar Pete. Hello, hello. And together in the Morning After Ministry Studios, we got Andrew Larson. Greetings, one and all. And Timothy Miller. Hey, hey, hey. Actually, I inappropriately referred to Andrew as just Andrew. It is the doctor yeah andy stanley a- andrew how are you <laughs> is it reverend doctor it, it goes you know it reverend goes before doctor yes but i think doctor is always appropriate Agreed. andrew just, what did you get just like what did you get your doctorate in uh i have recently as uh five days ago completed my studies for a doctor of ministry in ministry leadership and my specific research was I can't read with that. Oh, oh, I thought Jeff was sending me a note. He was sending Frank a no. note. Um, uh, the the research itself was digital resources and virtual communities as a way to offset and combat pastoral burnout. Wow! So like what we're doing right now. Exactly. So when Frank said in the group, Andrew got a doctorate in podcasting about uh, two pastors about pastors. I was like, pretty much. That is roughly where the research was focused. Like, how do we connect this way? Well, Andrew, so you are the resident professional. The practically, pastoring community, we are proud of you. Congratulations. I mean, you, you, you hold serve. You're, you're ahead of all of us. I mean, I'm yes. way older and chubbier, so. That's true, too. But you wear a tie like a doctor. I do. Thank you. Everywhere. Do, have you ever wore a tie to Disney World? Just curious. A couple times, yeah. Really? Once, um, Next question, that, do you have that, a Mickey tie clip? I don't have a Mickey tie clip. I Noted for graduation present. Christmas uh, list. There we go. They, they used to do a thing that was a big deal called Dapper Days. I don't know if they're, I if remember they're the as Dapper big days. of a day. They as, still exist. Yeah. I, I don't know. But so we would Dapper Day where you're supposed to like dress up fancy and go. So we went and took Christmas pictures as a family one year on Dapper Day. And I don't remember the other time. I don't remember you know, why. It blows my mind. I was watching – I was watching Disney footage from the 70s this week just for fun, and I blew my mind how many people were wearing ties at Disney. Like, dads came to Disney dressed up. That's like old football games. Like, you used to legitimately show up, like, dressed in your best to, to like, or on the airplanes. Events. Airplane, yep. <laughs> or get this to church. Crazy, right? What? Way. What? Well, well, get <laughs> this. The reason why these men are able to dress up to Disney World is because they're being paid enough to afford that. Unlike Ooh, the transition. first question. Wow. Your, mic, your mic is still dude. bad. Uh, my mic is bad I because I don't have my him. mic. I only have my AirPods in. Oh. So, unfortunately, so this speaking is how of not getting What does our doctorate Frank. in podcasting say about that? Sorry to all of our listeners. Yeah. Sorry for the listeners in the next two Professional weeks. Professional right, transition, we amateur mic. Here we go. Hey, this is the first question. Guys, I don't do this for the money, so please don't read this as a complaint. But I was reviewing some numbers staff-wise because we are paying too much for janitorial people. Suddenly doing the math on all of our staff, and I realized for my contractual 40 hours, I am paid 31 38 an hour. 
if I average it out over my usually more than 55 hours I work per week, I get paid more like 23.07 per hour. I log about 70 hours a week a couple weeks ago. Again, I am grateful for what I receive, but when the wage I receive with a master's degree and 20 years of experience is less than what a high school graduate can get starting at a local factory or less than 100K that 22-year-olds bring home working at a local power plant, how do I not lose heart? I don't have good insurance. My retirement's poor. I opted out of Social Security. I have few other benefits planning to work until I'm 75 at least. When I crunched the numbers, I asked what parent would want their child to be a pastor at these rates. I did censor it a little bit, took some personal stuff out because I don't want to get the guy in trouble right. if, uh, if the, an elder is listening to this. But uh, there's another post I saw that kind of in a similar vein I wanted to ask you also. Uh, other, someone else wrote this. Hello, friends. I started our church 12 years ago. The church has been able to support us at a decent rate these past 10 years. My family has had massive health issues, and at times I've taken side work to help pay down the health-related debt. I, I again, find myself needing to make some extra income. Any ideas for side hustles that work with a pastoral schedule? So uh, I hate that the only answer I think we often give pastors who don't get paid enough is to come up with side hustles because that can lead to overwork and burnout. But that's also a conversation that we've often had here is like, I know Andrew and Tim, you guys make a pretty good side hustling of marrying any couple that wants to get married. <laughs> and um, also, uh, you know, pro for profit funerals. So I would love to know more about like wow. what your suggestion is for this pastor who needs money and uh, or is not getting paid, who's not being compensated well. And also uh, side hustle tips for the guy who has. Um, yeah, uh, I'm listening for side hustle, side hustle tips right well, now. Well, first of all, I crunched the numbers before the podcast. It looks like this guy's making $65,270 a year. And I don't, I'm assuming this is full take-home, not after you know taxes or whatever. And then I went to CPI, government inflation. That is the buying power. Um, $65,000 in 2020 is equal to um, – no, that would have been 77000 if if adjusted for inflation. So you also got to take into account the last three years, man, inflation has done a number on our pay. Uh, so that being said, you know, a couple and of things that I would like to is number two. What's, yeah. Yeah. So that that what I would say is, first of all, I'd want a little bit more information on Pastor One. How long has he been in the ministry? Because that does impact it. Right. How long has he been at his current church? Because that does well, impact he says it. He's been in. He says he's 20 years in. Okay, 20, 20 okay. No, I, I don't yeah. know he's 20 years at that church, but he's been in ministry. She says 20 years so in, in ministry. Yeah, like how long so has he I, been there? So I'm assuming he's been, let, let's say he started right out of college. Let's, let's give him a few years to find himself. So let's say he's 45 and he's been in vocational ministry for 20 years. And so let's say he's been a senior pastor for 10 of those years. He's still making, he's making 65-ish grand a year with a housing allowance, which is the equivalent to about $10,000 of tax-free money. If, if you're a civilian right. making that much money, um, your, your take-home is significantly less. So taxing uh, housing allowance usually works out to about a 15% bump in take-home compared to the general public. And then you also got to take into the account the cost of living, right? Cause, and you, there's websites for this. You could put in your area, and then it'll tell you what the average cost of living is your area. 
So, I mean, there's so many factors. I mean, sure, yes, it's a calling. Should you take a hit? I mean, I, I would. That's so subjective because I'm going to be honest. Sixty five thousand dollars for someone who has zero debt, you're okay. You know what I'm saying? If if you if you don't have debt, you don't have houses, um, you don't have cars to pay off. You're, but sixty five thousand, and you got a lot of stuff going on because of your personal decisions. That's a lot different. So I, it's hard to blanket what you know what you should do because honestly let's be honest i've been in smaller churches and sixty five thousand is a lot for some churches right that's being as generous as that church can be i guess we also have to yep. ask you know are you are you feeding multiple mouths because if so sixty five thousand might not even cover the grocery bill this year for you um i would say I wonder how they are determining salaries at the church. Are are your elders helping out here? If not, they should be. There are multiple resources you could tap into. Lifeway does a great one. There there are others. And again, it's plug and play. You can do area. You can do size of church. You can do denomination. You can do years of experience. Um, I, I would hope that they're taking all of these things into an account. I know October is our time at Lakeview to review all things salary. So there'll be a, a portion of the elder meeting next month that I will not be a part of while they discuss my salary and and they use all of these facts and figures and data points to uh, come up with what my pay should be next year. So hopefully those resources are being used. If not, they should be. And it, but you know, if we're trying to merge this with the second, it sounds like if this guy's even going to consider a side hustle, he's got to get down under 75 hours a week or, or that's well, not even, yeah, I, I think everyone so. was, I think step one is you say, Hey, church, if this is what you can afford, that's fine. But you need to know that if this is where I'm at, then I'm going to be looking to do other things. So you have me for 40 hours. You don't have me for yeah. 42. You don't have me for 44. Yeah, that's fair. And if the church is fine with that, then then be fine with it, that. And if they're not, make, you know, then the church needs to figure out a way to make it so that that's not the case. I We have more specific information, but like Frank said, we're not trying to, to call somebody out or call a church out. And so I, I was looking, and where he lives— um, first-year public school teachers are making more than $65,000 a year. Wow. So a 22-year-old with a bachelor's degree is making about the same take-home pay as a senior pastor with 20 years of ministry experience and a master's degree. So, again, it's weird to try to spend somebody else's money, and it's, you know, every church is different. Every You know, Del, when you're talking about, you know, personal finances, church finances are the same. If you own your building outright, yeah. well, then you're saving three, four, five thousand dollars a year in building expenses that another church might not uh, have the luxury of dealing with. Yeah, and if you have a mortgage, I mean, Lakeview's got a eight thousand five hundred dollar a month mortgage. Yeah, bill. that's that's multiple staff that's positions. That's a hundred thousand dollars a year plus. Yep. So, if and you don't know how married somebody is to an area, if you know you have parents in the area kids are in high school, whatever it may be. So maybe being able to up and leave and look elsewhere is not an option. And if that's not the case, go to your board, go to your elders and say, hey, here's where we're at. But also, man, this is why denominations matter. And there's a whole lot of issues with denominations. And there's a whole lot of things that are frustrating. But it's really nice to have a denomination come in and say, here is how much you will be paying your senior pastor. And if you can't pay your senior pastor this much, then you shouldn't have a senior pastor on staff because Honestly. you can't afford yep. one. And you know the thing is, I that, this, that if said, if I, I don't think sixty five thousand dollars would be below that bar in many denominations. 
you know, if you're right. depending on geographic location and whatnot, there are certain contributing factors. But I think there are of, of the couple hundred pastors that are going to listen to this. I think there's probably about a third of them, even as senior pastors, that would be saying, ooh, 65 grand must be nice. It just yeah. depends where you are. And like when I'm, if I'm tr- trying to be empathetic, put myself in his shoes, if I was logging 70, 75 hours a week, this, it would feel bad, you know, like my, my, and, and a lot of this is starts in the heart, right? Some of it. So, I mean, I would encourage him if it's possible, get a hold of your schedule, because if I was working my 40, whatever, 45 and doing this, knowing that I still have space and margin for freedom to not be burned out, it, the, the sting wouldn't be as much. But when you're being tapped out on every side, man, that it, it does not feel like being appreciated. I think that's it. But at the same time, we as pastors, sometimes sometimes we're not in control of that schedule, but sometimes we are. And then also, as the lead pastor, as your senior pastor, I mean, the fact is you set the pace for the work ethic of the church anyways. So, you know, if you ever bring anyone else in there, I mean, I, my first pastor I served under, he worked every day of the week. And I asked him one day. When you take a break, he goes, the devil doesn't take a break. That was his to me. And I was like, wow, that's your standard, you know? And then. So we're he, trying to be like the devil now? Yeah, he, he was fired a year later after 18 years there because of just stuff, you know? So all that to be, all that to say, I do, I think that maybe my first start before the money, I might would try to like get a hold of my schedule because that's something you might can control right now. And then if that does free you up, you can do a side hustle. I mean, I do wedding videography, and that is very compliant with a pastor's schedule a lot of times because most of the times they're on Fridays and Saturdays. And like Frank, I think, I think you said you need to let them know coming in or, hey, if, or it might have been Jeff, I need to work extra. And that's what I did at my church. I said, listen, I, y'all are very generous to me, and you're good, but, like, this is my out. This is what I do. We're paying off our house with this money. So I'm going to be working videography on the side. And, and when I told them, they're like, that's totally cool. As long as you're doing your thing, you know, getting it done. So a lot of times if churches can't give you more money, they do give you the ability to go make some, as long as it's not impeding on, you know, your calling there. Yeah. I guess I'm going to take the more cynical approach to answering this question. Do it. Um, but when I read this, I know they said, please don't read this as a complaint, but it comes off to me like a complaint. Um, or a little bit like you're starting to go down the road of bitterness because here's the first, well, why are you working 70 hours or why are you working 55 hours? That sounds like a, an issue of time management and prioritizing things. And it also sounds like this is a conversation you should have had a while ago. Um, if this is an issue that's coming up. So I, I will put a lot of this on you as a pastor, not doing the thing where we are maybe too fearful to bring this up because it is an awkward conversation, but uh, a lot of pastoral ministry is awkward conversations. So like if you're unwilling to bring this up to your board to the point where you're saying, how do I not lose heart? Um, You need to be willing to have hard conversations and you should have had this conversation a long time ago. If it's to the point now where you're like realizing, Oh my gosh, I can't afford to live this way. So I think first of all, you got to stop working 55 hours a week. If you're contracted for 40, put in 40. And um, take some of that time, that 15 hours a week, you could make a decent side hustle if that's what you need to do. Um, Or you could take a nap uh, and you can change your lifestyle to not need as much money. Now, it does sound like he has kids because of asking what parent would want their child to pastor at these rates. 
So I don't know if there is kids or not, but if there is, you do got to look out for that. But to me, this just sounds like an issue of like you have made you know choices to say yes to things that you're now realizing you're you're kind of painting yourself into a corner. Um, I can't imagine why you would log a seventy hour week and then not figure out a way to take take some time to not be doing that every week. That I mean, this is just like the evidence of somebody who's a little bit of workaholism going on where you put in 55 hours one week and then it's like the next week you're like, ah, it's okay. And then you're before you realize it, you're putting in 55 hours a week, which is your poor management. And now you're looking at the church going, well, you're only paying me $23 an hour. Well, that's because you're choosing to work 15 extra hours a week. You don't have to do everything. Yep. So you got to figure out how to not do that. Um, and then have that hard conversation with your church. And, um, they may not have any idea because you may have been, let's say you've been there for 10 years and you've never said anything about your salary. I can't imagine that's really on them to just come to you and say, Hey, we think we should pay you more. That's a conversation you, you probably should be having with your elders or at least staying in touch with them about, um, so that it's not just like a sudden thing for them. So I, I just, I want to put, you know, about half of this on the pastor. Yeah. I hope you have people in your church who are keeping their mind to the, you know, keeping the, this in the front of their mind as elders and leaders. But uh, really, like Dell said, you set the pace for this. You know, I, when I, when I think about my salary, which, you know, my wife stays home, we're very happy. Uh, we have, a, but we have a lot of margin in our schedule. And we actually said that the other day, like, you know, it'd be nice to have an extra, I don't know, 10 grand a year. Right. But also uh, it's pretty nice to not have like hard office hours and I can have lunch with my kids so, like, do those things um, and, you know, quit working 55 hours a week if they're expecting 40 out of you. Yeah, I would say I um, definitely encourage the conversation. This is the perfect time of the year to do it. You're, you're probably already entering into budget season. If this is not a normal conversation you guys have as a church or as an elder group or as a budget team, Now's the time to start. Yeah. This should be an annual. This should this shouldn't just be once every four years. This should be every year. This conversation happens. It, it shouldn't be uncomfortable. It should be very normal. But also, but the, the more uncomfortable the, you as the leader are about it, the more weird it's going to be for everybody else too. Oh, Oh, hundred percent. If you make I'm, it like I'm, a weird conversation, it's going to be weird. I'm guessing that the the elders are probably retirees, or at least several of them are. You know, a treasurer is not typically someone who's working nine to five. And so the people dealing with the church finances are not the ones like they're, they're living in our economy, but chances are they have houses that are paid off and they might be on pensions or whatever. So they're not being hit in the same way. You know, they're, yeah. they're, uh, their mortgage didn't go up $700 last year because of property taxes and insurance going up. Yours might have. And so you can't expect them to know without you telling them. Right. And right. then so I, I would print out a, hey, here is a, you know, in our denomination, here is the median pay of a pastor from, you know, of a church of our size. I would also pull up your school districts thing because, and we were kind of talking before the show, it's not yeah. an exact comparison, but traditionally the thing that we were always taught in Bible college and seminary is that um, like the youth pastor should be paid about what a public school teacher is getting paid. And yeah. the pastor should be getting paid about what a principal or assistant principal is getting paid. And if you can pull that up to say, hey, here is what 
you know, this is what the county or this is what the city thinks that someone with my education level should be making in this community. Yep. And here's where I am. What do we need to do to bump that up closer? The the financial people at the church are not going to know how tight it is for you until your kids start showing up dirty, which you shouldn't do. Don't don't actually do that. Um, but unless you actually let them know, hey, we're we're missing out on something here. Um, otherwise, it's going to get to a breaking point, and you're going to call our buddy Matt Steen at Chemistry Staffing, and he's going to put you in a wonderful process to <laughs> end up somewhere else. Can can anyone tell I'm trying to get chemistry staffing to sponsor us? Is that- we, we love chemistry staffing. Um, great, great I just but- think too this this is like this is like prime grounds for bitterness against your church too. And you're like, yeah, it, so, it so totally have, is so have is. the conversation now because otherwise a year from now you are having this conversation at a different church. Yeah, or you're burned out and out of ministry. In which case, I've got a very very boring couple hundred pages for you to read. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Right. I don't think you should go down that road. I did want to speak to the side hustle guy just for a minute because I think his reason for needing a side hustle is very different than, than say, why Andrew and I had side hustles for many years. Sure. Our, our side hustles were primarily just for, for extra fun income, whether it was for Christmas. It was Disney money. It was for Disney. It was never, I need this money to pay off medical bills. Like That, that to me is a serious issue that you might want to consider talking to the church about. I'm not saying exploring a side hustle is a bad idea. If you have the time and you have a specific skill that could be used, great. For me, it's it's live streaming funerals one or two times a month for area funeral homes. That that's my predominant side hustle right now. But again, that's that is for extra fun money so my family can go out to more than we probably should. What's your slogan? Bring out the dead. That's the one. That's the one. That's it, right? <laughs> that's the, the, the slogan is. We will put a camera on your dead grandma. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. On that we, note, let's, we, we did uh, one funeral this one time, and the body, they had, like, harvested oh all my the gosh. organs. It stunk bad. It what? was – okay. you were there? Were you there? Yes, you that. were. Yes, you, you guys were. are going to get canceled from your side hustle if you don't stop. Yeah, for real. Okay, moving oh, on. Uh, uh, we have another question from um, – uh, uh, from our, from, from, uh, actually, I don't know if this was from our Facebook or not, but, uh, I found this on Facebook. Uh, the question is, I'm a senior pastor and just began ministry at a new church, found out the youth pastor is living with his girlfriend. What advice would you give me as I work through this dilemma? Have you handled something like this before? And the what did you do? Best don't give him a raise. is to do better homework before you take the job. Yeah. Like, uh, Oof. maybe stock your employees' Facebook pages before you say yes to that job so that – or you tell the elders, uh, hey, you need to rectify this situation before I come on board so that the first thing that you do when you start is not fire someone. And however, enemies of the whole church. However, it needs to be dealt with. I mean – Yeah, yes. this cannot be swept under the rug. Like that's a, a – I don't want to say it's a shame on you, but it's kind of a shame on you for letting it – for. Not well, knowing that before you got started. If he didn't know this, then the other question is: Is do you know your church's what? stance on on sexuality? Like, is yeah. this like you might also be, should have been a question? Hopefully, that was a question. Yeah, if don't the make church is allowing a youth pastor to live in this manner. I mean, maybe it's really expensive where they live and they have a two bedroom place. Stop. Oh my Stop. gosh, not an excuse. Do not listen to Andrew. Do you guys when when you got hired in your 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 churches? Um, did you like ask from the elders or someone for like a rundown 
on every staff person in your church to be like, tell me about them. Do you think they're going to leave when I get hired? Do you, you know, what's there? Is there anything I should know going into this? Or are you just going in blind? Well, that's not the only two options. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I mean, there was no other staff when I came here, but I did have a conversation with the hiring committee of which two of them were elders um, about I had a conversation with just those two elders during one of my interviews where I asked those kind of questions. Are there any, you know, persistent sin issues that are going to be an issue when I got here? And one of those uh, wasn't like a direct sin issue, but it was going to be a church politics issue. Um, one of those I did go to our denominations, um, our district and say, hey, you need to handle this before I come or I'm not going to be able to take this job. And they did to their credit. So, um, you know, that would be if you're in a denomination, this is something where like if you were in my denomination, this would be easy because it's in the manual for official workers. And so you would just be able to come in and say, hey, you you know, we can't this can't continue. Um, But also, no, you have, again, painted yourself into a corner. Um, Maybe you got tricked into this somehow and they didn't tell you this. I don't know. But um it is what it is now. You're hired there. You're the pastor there. It was an Abraham there. and Sarah situation. You're like, I know she's hot, but it's cool she's my sister. When really, <laughs> you have to deal. she oh was his wife. Wow. But seriously, He's trying to trick Pharaoh. Dr. Larson, Listen, ladies like, and gentlemen. Exactly. I would say back up, and there might be a different angle, too. It says he found out the youth pastors live with his girlfriend. Maybe he found this out, and no one knows yet. Could be. And I mean, if so, then that's a whole different scenario. I mean, and there's no way he could have interviewed somebody and found that out because it could have been she stayed over at his house one night and then she stayed over another night. And now they're just I mean, this is how a lot of it begins. Now you her know? toothbrush is there. Yeah, tooth- exactly. So he might be just genuinely asking, OK, I just found this information out. What is my next step? And yeah. and for me, I would say my next step is I'm going to call the head of your elder board or whoever before I ever have a conversation with him. So that way I can loop him in. And then I would say this is what I believe we need to do is like have this conversation and the elder or whoever is in on it. So that way when you go, first of all, there's somebody praying for you as that conversation is happening, which is very important. And second of all, so that way there is no, oh, he, the pastor just went rogue and did this because you're right. You don't want to cash in all your chips after you've just been there. But if another elder head influencer is like, Hey man, I had his back on this. He did the right thing. Dude, that's your parachute. So I think that would be my first step is, you know, go into someone very trusted, very influential in the church who has authority in the church, and then you you two coming up with a strategy together. And I would say that strategy must include confrontation with the youth pastor. And really, you're having to talk through at this point, is he going to be offered a path to restoration, or, or is he getting fired? Because either way, there's a church discipline issue going on right here. And if you just say, oh, move out and you're fine again, uh, that doesn't that doesn't sit well. You know, with me, maybe you guys think different. I, it, going to, to Dell's point, you know, if, if he's just finding out about this, the first step is conversations. Hey, youth pastor, fill me in. What is going on? Is this a the economy's tough and we bought a place? I still stay at my parents' basement, but I mow the lawn and have dinner over there four nights a week. Or is this we're shacking up? I think you know if if this is something that you heard through the grapevine, then you need to get clarity on whatever it is right away. But also, if they're if they're living together, that you you can't have that. That's not gonna 
bode well for anybody in the church going forward. Yeah, I'm with Dell on this one. I think even before you have the conversation with the youth pastor, you loop in an elder telling that elder, here's what I heard. I'm going to have this conversation. Please be praying. Or if you feel like I don't, I don't even have their relational equity with this guy yet. I need the elder present with me. Maybe bring yeah. the elder with you so he's there for that conversation. I'm going to go on the record and say five bucks says, and we don't know where this is from, so I don't know if we'll ever get the answer. Five bucks says this youth pastor's dad is an elder. Ooh. I'm calling. I'm calling my shot right now. Wow. Ouch. Wow. Which if that's got, the like, case, like show the like resume. <laughs> Which if that's the case, good luck, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Ouch. If that's, that's the it. case, Matt Steen at Chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do think that, like, uh, you know, one thing I had when I was a youth pastor was when we had a leader. I called them to a very deliberate sexual ethic because our leaders were examples to our students. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, the crossing guard might be living with his girlfriend, but like that they, they don't have the kind of responsibility that like I'm asking my youth leaders to have. Yeah. And so if the youth pastor is doing it. That I mean, it's kind of setting it's kind of shooting himself in the foot to teach on any kind of biblical sexual ethic to his students, but um yeah, this it's it's complicated. It's messy. Uh, I don't I don't envy your position in that you're in, but you might want to call Matt Steen because you might need to, uh, re, you know, fill this position because I don't know if this is going to end with this person staying in this position much longer. So, anyway, having said, can I just add this? Having said that, he used the word dilemma. Just understand that ministry is just one dilemma <laughs> after the other. Yeah. that's just what what you signed up for. So. Yeah. Just get ready for that. Yeah. Also, some of them are really big. Steam. Some of them are not that big. But it's one dilemma after the other in people's lives. That's what we walk with people through. When you do call Matt Steen and chemistry staffing decides to sponsor our podcast, then we'll be able to afford a microphone for Frank. I can't yes. wait. It's going to be so good. <laughs> okay. Well, with that being said, uh, if you have a question, please join our Facebook group. You can... Uh, submit your question, whether it's anonymous or not. If you really want it to be on the podcast, let us know. You can also let, leave us a voice message, and then we can use your voice on this podcast. And if you don't say your name, it's still kind of anonymous. So that'd be fun. Um, but we, we we are glad that you're here. Please uh, kind of subscribe if you haven't. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Share this with a, with a friend, another pastor friend. And, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. Until that time, I'm Frank Gill. I'm Jeff Simpson. I'm Delmar Pete. I'm Andrew Larson. And I'm Timothy Miller. This is Partly Pastoring. Bye. Thanks for listening. Get connected to other pastors by joining the Practically Pastoring Facebook group, where we get to share ideas and make each other better.